Yeah, um, you, know, you know, speaking of TV, um, this is a great segue, and I'm ruining it by saying it's a great segue, but a, uh, a film series that started out as a TV show, Mission Impossible. So Mission Impossible Fallout came out in 2018. Yep. Um, Love that, It by makes the way. my list. It, yeah. D- really? It does. Wow. I think it is an incredible filmmaking movie. Yes, storyline might not be wholly original you know good guy ends up being bad guy type of a thing but you know what yeah but the spin There's so much of it this the way it was spun you don't see it coming mm. and, and usually that's pretty predictable in that kind of a movie i thought this movie is in a class of its own as far as action movies go it's it's a smart action movie it's not a Fast and the Furious movie. It's not trying no. to be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there is the helicopter thing at the end, which is a little outlandish, but the the Halo jump sequence is just amazing. This is a movie mm-hmm. that I constantly go back to and think of the technical aspects of it and why it works and just, you know, Tom Cruise is a weird dude, um, but gosh darn it if he doesn't give his all in, in every movie. I don't know who's more committed I really don't. I mean, the stories that I hear about him and his his commitment to making it the best it can be, yeah. as well as the stunts and the things that he's will, you know, there's a lot. I don't know anybody else that has that same level of the commitment. No, I can't think of anybody or hearing those kind of stories. Right. I mean, I don't. I don't want to bring up the guy too much because Scientology is a terrible thing, but. The films and the the co- total commitment to excellence in these films is it's unheard of and it's unparalleled to anybody else. And I think that it shows. I didn't see the Mummy. I heard it was terrible, but I, you know, I for the most part, all of his films are are great. They're all you know a pleasure to watch. Right. You know, every time. And um, you know, I think Fallout though was kind of this culmination of action movies coming together and finally being something instead of just this uh, unnecessary amount of noise and violence and explosions. I, I felt like you went on a, on a ride in this whole, this whole movie, like the, yep. the halo jump into the, the um, party going through the glass and, mm-hmm. and then the bathroom fight scene, which is just it's awesome. pulse pounding. Uh-huh. Like it's so good. And Henry Cavill is so good in this. And man, I, yeah, this this is one yeah, it, movie he I can't was a stop surprise to me oh. because he was so awful in Superman. Well, it's I, I, he's and I don't really blame, unfortunate. And I don't blame him for you that. Can't. That's not his fault. No. But but it's one of those things that you have to be careful in the roles that you pick because when you you, you then you start to become typecast. Yeah, and I think and that was it was a huge issue for him. One of your breakout roles, yeah, especially if it's your breakout role, yeah. then you get stuck in this thing. And that, but but who wouldn't want to be Superman? You know, it, sh- it's one of those sure. things where it's like, sure. oh, this is unfortunate that it sure. worked out the way it did. But he was such a pleasant surprise to oh, me in gosh. this in this film. I luckily I had seen. Um, it's a movie called a man from uncle, which is based off of a TV show also. And it yep. has Henry Cavill and army hammer in it. And Henry Cavill is awesome in this. And it's basically like 1950s, you know, James Bond meets mission impossible pretty much. Right. Um, and it's great. So going into this, I was like, I was expecting, cause I knew what Henry Cavill his, could do yeah, now. His capability, and yeah. he's, he's not Superman to me. Like right. to me, he's, he's, he's his Mission Impossible character. He's his Man from Uncle character. Like the dude can act. The dude has range. The dude has the ability. And 
he also, he just loves doing it too. Yeah. I've seen interviews yeah. and stuff. He loves making movies and you know, I, I think he's kind of tired of the whole superhero thing probably. So doing movies like well, this, he's probably, he's probably really tired fun. of the DC well, yeah. superhero. Movie. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> what Marvel character could he be? If oh, he's not man. Superman anymore? We could make him Galactus. I mean, you want to make him Galactus, yeah. the eater of, uh, eater of planets. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. It would be weird, that but be weird I mean, one. there's plenty, dude. There's, there's plenty, plenty yeah. of characters in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that he could step into. Yeah, for I, sure. I think so. I, I I hope the dude just keeps keeps doing well. He's got he's got the Witcher series coming out on Netflix. I think either later yeah. this year or maybe early next year. I hope that looks cool. Um, but yeah, I'm just uh, you know, it sucks that he got stuck as he's you know Zack Snyder's Superman, right? Yeah, when he's so much more than that, and yeah. I think this movie really shows that. So yeah, um, Mission Impossible Fallout. It's it's one of the best action movies of the year, um, for sure. <laughs> best action movies in a while. Okay, and so the next one on my list, speaking of action movies, is Black Panther. Of course, you knew the Marvel was coming, um, and it was early in the year. Very early. I actually like forgot February. that it came out. Yeah, this, this is 18. Yeah. I know. Um, Which I just watched this again over Christmas break. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just well, watched Infinity War last night. Well, so. it was funny because we watched we watched Black Panther, and then the next day we went and saw Aquaman, and I was like, well, this is awkward because it's the <laughs> same movie. <laughs> this, is, this is awkward. Yeah. Well, anyways. But I mean, yeah. and the success of Black Panther, uh, I made, mean, it was, I was so happy. I was, it was such a great way. Okay. And so let's go back to the whole, there's a message yeah, in the movie, right? I was right? going to bring it up. Yeah. But you be, did. And, um, but that wasn't a surprise. I think for me is, is that whole message in the movie thing is okay if it's communicated that way. Like you knew that was a thing. You knew they were going to deal with, you know, these, I mean, the movie is called Black Panther. Hello. The character in Black Panther is right on the, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, the the whole character development in that, in the sixties, hell, like if you don't, okay. I mean, you have, yeah, yeah, explain this I for knew, people that might not know. Right. So the, you know, the, the character Black Panther was developed out of that whole movement, movement, you know, the in civil the 60s, rights right. movement in, in um, there was a group of radical, absolutely African Americans that um, uh, you know sometimes were violent, um, other times not so much. But um, but they were they called themselves the Black Panthers. Yeah, and so Marvel decided to kind of harness that um, idea for m- maybe more good than, exactly. than than what the image exactly. was at the time. Yeah, and I think the the image because of maybe the violence or you know the it was such a stark contrast got a bad rap mm-hmm. but i'm you know i for somebody who's grown up in the inner city i'm a fan i'm like we we do need to end this this whole racial thing i mean god created us all equal yeah now god didn't create us all the same which is great which is we need to appreciate and celebrate um <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting Charlie first. <laughs> you, you got this funny look on your face. I'm like, I'm not really saying anything that means anything. And then all of a sudden your foot's in the air. I'm like, is this, a, is, are we doing yoga now? Is it, we, I'm really sorry. The podcast just... is now a yoga. Oh man. I want you to start over there because that's we're, a good point. I, just, I don't want to ruin t- it by a joke. We're going to, we're going to take a five minute yoga break. I got so, a Charlie horse in my thigh. So everybody assume 
assume child's position, child's pose. I don't know what child's pose is. I know what fetal yeah. position is. And then, okay. And <laughs> downward then dog. Shavasana. Now I, we're, okay, downward dog. I, can yeah. do, I, yeah. I can't do it, but I know what it is. <laughs> okay, sorry. Warrior one, that's pretty easy. Right, anyway. Let's go back to your Black Panther, sorry. But I think, you know, the, the thing is, is so... I was saying is is that somebody like I grew up in the in their inner inner city and this is this is absolutely what we need and I think the timing of the release the the um the social climate mm-hmm. I think is uh, the timing was was amazing and there's another friend of mine that uh he was pitching a, a, a superhero movie but where the superhero is latino because we don't have a latino superhero and um he's latino and he was like hey we you know we need to engage all these different cultures and i wholeheartedly agree you know i think what we need to do is not look ignorantly upon differences that we have but celebrate those differences god created us all with our unique personalities and our makeup and um you know our our backgrounds you know come from heritage all kind, and, yeah, yeah all, right. all all kinds of and, and it shouldn't be it the skin color shouldn't be any different than the color of your eyes yeah it's but like here we are exactly it's like oh because you have brown eyes and i have blue then we, we can't we, yeah, we're know, gonna fight yeah it's like anyway which is but the it, plot of aquaman by the way right jason <laughs> right it's racial because it's the white the white kid versus you know the samoan, samoan kid anyway <laughs> what you brought it I, I know because i just want to keep hating it i just want to keep hating it all right hate it quietly uh, I'll, I'll think about it in my mind back to black Panther. but black panther oh my god michael b jordan totally nails this just i mean him chadrick bozeman i mean they the the they, they crush it. Yeah. I mean, they, you feel Michael B. Jordan is so good in this. He is. I mean, you and you feel okay. Here's here's one of the reasons why this movie. I went and saw this four times in the theater. Wow, I don't I go. That. I don't go and see movies unless it's Infinity War more than once. <laughs> I mean, that's ten not times true. for Infinity War. To I see did. You. I did go see Ant Man. So if, unless it's a Marvel movie, oh, let me. Geez. I'm I'm backpedaling ridiculously right now. Yeah. But. Um, so I had an opportunity. One of the time I went and saw it at IMAX, I, I sat ne- next to this woman. Me and my daughter went, and this woman, she was she was African American, and she was actually from the same tribe that when the in the museum scene when he's breaking down the different artifacts, he's stealing the mask and, and stuff. Yeah, and and so after the movie. It was either, was it, I'm thinking it was after, maybe it was before. It might have been before. But we talked significantly during, like not during the movie, but before and after the movie, we had this dialogue. And she was sharing with me how meaning, this was her second time seeing it, and how meaningful it was on so many levels that I didn't even understand. Sure. and We, she, we can't. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but she was saying, because there's an element where, you know, Michael B. Jordan's character is a is a foreigner in his own homeland. Right. And, and you know, she had spent most of her life in the U.S. growing up. And, and yet she's from this particular tribe in, in West Africa. And um, I can't remember what country it was specifically, but she, she was saying, if I go there, I'm a foreigner in my homeland. 
And and just her, I mean, it really personalized and gave new dimension to this that and helped me to understand it a little bit better to the point where like we hugged it out afterwards. Wow. It was, I mean, it was like this, this emotional experience because I'm really starting to understand, you know, and empathizing with these struggles. Yeah. Now I understood what going through the inner city was like because that's where I grew up, but um, you know, I didn't face because of the color of my skin. I didn't face a lot of the same challenges and and um, adversity that, that that you know the a lot of other kids did. And so I think first of all, it was Marvel, mm-hmm. so it was a win. Yeah, right. Um, and it was done. It was done really well. I think um, it addresses. Um, I mean, Ryan Coogler just... uh, Yeah, he's great. I mean, the way that, you know, I watched some of the making of and the the behind-the-scenes stuff and the way that they really pulled in actual, true, cultural elements Mm -hmm. into this to to make it as authentic as it it could be. And, I mean, there's so many layers to it. I mean, it's just really well done. So... Yeah, it's a movie that stuck with you, for sure, right? Yeah, so... That's one that I'll probably go back and watch again and enjoy it again. And I mean, that's so that's that. That's cool, man. Thanks for sharing that. That's that's really cool. I, I think that's an experience that, you know, not a lot of people get to have, um, you know, literally seeing and feeling empathy in a moment um, that a movie helped you feel. I mean, that's that's great. That's that's one of those things about movies that I like. Um, yeah. you know, getting, getting a message from, or getting a, an emotion from, and I think that's, that's killer. That's, that's awesome. So, yeah. And, and are we going to, is, are they going to save him? Are we going to see Killmonger back perhaps? Maybe? No, no, he's dead. <laughs> Spoilers wow. for Black Panther. He's dead. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Sorry. I know there's uh, a you, lot of debate okay. on that, but. Okay. I'm sorry. I have to go back to Aquaman one more time. <laughs> this is, this is good thing though. This is a good thing. I do have. Why do I feel like Elsa from from Frozen? Let it go. Let it go. So, I have one good note if you that I actually I like. You can't see what's happening right oh, now. Oh, he's face palming so face hard. Palm. But he's gonna. He's. I'm gonna blow his mind. Okay. The one good thing about Aquaman was that nobody died. I actually really enjoyed that. Hang on. The two main villains lived, and they didn't like. You know, the main bad guy, his brother or whatever, didn't end up killing the mom, didn't end up killing well, Nicole but Kidman. But, okay, so main characters died, but there were some What minion. main character died? Oh, minion. Who cares about <laughs> minions? Minions, they die the all the henchmen, time. The henchmen, you know. I the henchmen mean, die they, all the time. It's fine. It's that's fine. why they're there. Yeah, they're cannon fodder. Main characters, main characters did not die. <laughs> I'm dying over here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, but anyways, Man. Aquaman, no main characters die. I actually thought that was refreshing that the the main the two main bad guys, one of them didn't meet his demise at the end, you know, because my my issue with Black Panther was that they kill off both Claw and Killmonger. Claw, which by the way, I really would have liked to have seen in like four more Marvel movies. I thought right. Andy Circus was great. Right. Um, yeah. And then Killmonger, I thought was such a good character and presence that he deserved at least one more movie. So that's kind of a yeah. bummer. But I liked, I liked that they did leave it a little more open in Aquaman mm-hmm. um, to the possibility. Granted, the uh, in credit scene, mid credit scene in Aquaman is terrible and awfully cheesy. But uh, 
still one positive for Aquaman is that I, it was refreshing for them to not just kill off everybody at the end or for somebody to sacrifice themselves. Even Willem Dafoe's character, I was like, oh, he's going to die. But he didn't. So I, I, I like that. That's one thing. The only thing I liked about Aquaman. Moving on. Wait, but didn't. Well, I guess he wasn't a main character, but didn't Dolph Lundgren's character? No, he's he lives. He lives. Yeah, nobody of important dies. One of those big battles, like that's that. Nobody in that kind of bothers me. Actually, it's the exact opposite for me. I'm like, well, okay, I can see where you're coming from because the kind of battles that they were they fought it with a kraken, yeah, yeah, a Cthulhu, yeah, and there's this whole full on like. Yes, I'm I'm with you on that. (laughs) I I I think somebody probably should have in the realism of war. Right, but it didn't happen that way. No, but wait the the what's the brother? This is now the Aquaman step- podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's your fault. You the, brought it up. The, the half brother. Yeah, the half brother. Because didn't he? Didn't he? The kn- ocean master. Yeah, didn't he knife somebody in that meeting when they when he met with the what the the fish people? The, oh, he the, killed the fish guy. Yeah, the fisherman who he wasn't a main character. He was in it for two seconds, then died two seconds later. Yeah, but wasn't he the king of the? the Not fisherman? anymore. The, the little girl's the queen right. now. Who cares? Yeah, well. I'm not seeing the second one, so I don't care. I'm just saying. <laughs> you obviously a, care enough to bring it back up. Because <laughs> I wanted to I, I wanted to give praise to a, a good idea. And the oh, good okay. idea was to not kill off your main villain in the first movie. Right, so we can make another bad movie I'm later. just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I had to give it one praise. Um, yeah. You know, but here, here we're talking about we're talking about comic book movies. Uh, I'm going to talk about probably the best comic book movie of 2018. It's not Infinity War. Well, it's been a great podcast. It's been a great run, and um, you might agree with me. We'll on this. have to. You well, might agree. No, I have a feeling I know where you're going into the Spider Verse. Yes, you think it? You don't think it's better than Infinity War? Uh, here, here's why. Here's why. From a storytelling aspect, you don't need to have seen 19 movies leading up to Into the Spider-Verse to understand what's going on. True. If you came into Infinity War and had not seen anything else, you wouldn't know what the hell was happening. True. So from a storytelling perspective, there was there was some some writer, I, I, can, I cannot remember who, and I'm sure somebody can Google it, who said that if the story doesn't work on its own, then it's not a good story. Right. Okay. And I think that rule applies to pretty much everything <laughs> except for Empire Strikes Back because- Empire Strikes Back needed a new hope for you to understand what was happening in Empire Strikes Back, but Empire Strikes Back is the superior Star Wars movie, so I don't include that. No one's arguing that. No. Um, but I do think that that is a really good way to go about movies, is that the movie should be yeah. self-contained in itself for it to be a good film. It shouldn't need other movies to understand it, except Infinity War, I think, works now, I'll say this. The Marvel movies are a different thing. They're a different breed. Yeah, I mean, it's not... Because you, it's never been done like this before. Right. They're essentially $200 million TV episodes. Exactly. And I think that it works in that regard, but my argument being that if you had no idea what any of the other movies were, you wouldn't understand Infinity War, you would understand Spider-Verse. And Spider-Verse is a heck of a lot more original and unique, I think, than Infinity War. Because Infinity War still feels I'm like every gonna, other Marvel movie. Uh, yeah, but name, name something in Infinity War that's unique to Infinity War. I'm, well, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying all story. all the characters together. Well, okay. Not, where that... Because... Uh, you can't say that. Because all the other 
films. They already or... did it in Civil War. I understand that they were missing six of the characters, but they already did it in Civil War. Mm, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and and, and well, Infinity and War Avengers, still looks like yeah, Guardians yeah, of the yeah, Galaxy. Yeah. It looks like things that have already been made before. Yes. Into the Spider Verse yeah. is completely original to me. Kurt, I would not argue that at it all. is an original film. Yes. And it is in is unique, and yeah. that's what I that's what is sticking with me. I'm, Infinity I'm, War sticks with me. It's, I'm Infinity internally my wrestling list. with my with my Marvel fanboy right now. I know <laughs> Infinity War is on my list. <laughs> Except Spider Man is Marvel, so I'm, ar- I'm associated with Marvel. <laughs> it's the little tag they have to put on it now. I know, I know. But originally, yes. Spider Man is Marvel. Yeah, this period. and this movie feels more but like a yeah. Marvel movie than it did a Sony yeah. movie for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm hmm, I'm gonna have to med. I'm gonna chew right, on that you, one. You take some, you do some yoga, and uh, <laughs> we'll get back to it. But I think I think in the Spider Verse is um it's one of my favorite films of the year. It is incredible. It is funny. It is yes. smart. It is yeah. unique. Um, yeah. Gosh, the art direction. Yeah. I, you know, they, they were talking about that they're gonna actually trademark the look so that only Sony can do it, and I think that's fine because if they keep producing quality like this. I'll be there every time. Yeah. This movie is, it's so good. And yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's another movie that I think you, you need to go and see and especially see, try and see it in the theater if you can. I don't know if it's still there, but it's, yeah, it's so ins- good. It's, it's still hanging on. It'll probably be in the smaller theater. And the, yeah. But it's a day one buy for me. As soon as it's on iTunes, it's I'm getting it. Yeah. So I went and saw infinity war 10 times. In the theater. Yep. And I did so because of the 10, an- 10 year anniversary of the MCU. And it was, you know, it's kind of the culmination of the, you know, the first decade of what they were building up to. I saw Spider Man <coughs> two. Did I see it three times? I think I saw it twice in the theater. And I, I'm, I'm going to have to say, with that being said, that I agree. You heard it here first, folks. I agree. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the best Marvel movie of 2018. Well, I think it's the best superhero movie of 2018. It definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Marvel or not. I mean, it just... It didn't have harsh competition. (laughs) And and I think the creative... Here's the thing that really jumped out at me on that whole thing. So first of all, you know, my kids in the hip-hop space, so... Uh, you know, I'm listening to more hip hop recently just to kind of get up to speed on, you know, what he's doing. And so the Post Malone song drew me in. Uh, if you haven't realized by now, after however many episodes that we're listening to, that music does have a huge impact huge on impact. me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go listen to the Bumblebee episode. <laughs> yes. The but the way that it's done, the depth of field, the the RGB shift, yeah. the uh, I mean, I'm just like, man, you want to talk about eye candy? But eye candy done but it's tastefully, not, it, exactly. Yeah. So there's a difference a between there's a difference uh, yep. between eye candy just because Freaking this right. is what people want to yes. see versus eye candy that props up the story. Yep, the, you know you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you can have eye candy for the sake of eye candy, or you can have eye candy for the sake of we have a meaningful story that it plays a role in. Yes, eye candy should be treated no different than 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 than, than cinematography, than your main and music. character, than your score. Yeah, than, I mean, than your script. Yeah, I mean, if it's not helping tell the story, don't do it. And this does it so well. Oh my gosh, yes. In in a way that has never been done before. 
Um, Never seen anything like it. I think, you know, making the compare, I mean, you're making a huge statement. And obviously, I wrestled for a moment <laughs> to, to, to say that I have to agree. I have to agree, even as much as I loved Infinity War. Infinity War was, you know, it was what Tony Stark's been building for the last 10 years. Yeah. Iron Man being my favorite character and that whole thing doesn't mean that. Yeah, you can't that be biased. Was, you can't right. I mean, you, you can, I can. You can still admit. I can, I can be fanboy. Yes, but not let that skew yeah. the judgment. And I think that's where you know I have to go with that same statement. I'm like, yeah, there's, and I'll go see it again. Yeah, and um, I'll and like you said, it's a buy day one. Day one. Yeah, and I don't buy a whole lot of movies anymore. I don't buy any movies anymore. Yeah, and, and that uh, one I'll buy. Yep. So. I think it's the best comic movie of 2018, hands down. There's nothing even that. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll say that. I won't say that. Uh, you know, Infinity War comes close. It is an incredible movie, um, which I want to talk about next. Is that on, is that on your list? Is it, Infinity War? Infinity War is on. You, so we're hitting all the ones. Uh, there were Spider Man and the Spider Verse, totally on my list for reasons already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Infinity War, I think, because it was such a colossal film. I mean the the um, the uh, the collection of the culmination of, of of ten years of movies and it's still not even done and yet. here's the thing is is that you know one of the things that I was talking about with somebody recently regarding the whole Marvel versus DC thing DC has a hard time keeping the same characters. Yeah. Doing the character development, investing in that story for the long run, where Marvel does not. Marvel has done an incredible job and taking it slow. Taking it slow, which DC doing, wants to get everything quick. Yeah, doing doing what's necessary, and even wrestling through some, you know, wrestling through, you know, Thor, Thor two before you get to right. Ragnarok. You know, yeah. it's like they they not all the movies are are you know, and some no, the, they all have the low and points. the Hulk, and you know, it's like some of these Iron are Man not, two a little bit, and Iron Man three. You know, yeah, I liked Iron Man three, but I I know I'm in a small portion of people in that, so but. You know they've got they've spent the time, the energy, the resources, and they've kept the same actors in those roles with the change of one. But with yeah. the change, yeah, I Mark mean, Ruffalo. You could say Mar- well, you could say Mark Ruffalo versus Ed Norton and the Hulk, and then you can also say um, Don Cheadle versus oh right um, the roadie character. Um, but um, uh, yeah, anyways, the guy from Empire. Yeah. Um, totally drawn. I guess that's true. And then I guess there was a couple different Thanos before they got the Josh Brolin, but he didn't really say anything until Josh Brolin took it over. So it's a CG character pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. So that didn't really bother me that, you know, as far as the Thanos character, because he wasn't really, you didn't really have, he was mysterious. You didn't really know who he was. Um, there wasn't any relationship development. And I think that's the thing that, that, that infinity war is not just, it's the relationship that the, that you have with the characters as an audience. It's the relationship that the characters have, you know, one another, um, it's the vulnerability, the humanity of of the characters in, in that culmination of 10 years. You know, it's like this big, massive crescendo of a decade of MCU. So the thing that blows my mind with it is that it, it works. Yeah. It well, works yeah. as a movie. Yeah. Like so many characters. I mean, what is it? it's over 20 characters? 
Yeah. They all don't seem crammed in there. They don't seem rushed. They seemed thought out. It blows my mind that this movie works as well as it does. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. It's, it is mind blowing in that regard because you've got so many, it's like, it, I think about, I think about Phil Jackson navigating the egos of, of, yeah. you know, Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant and, um, uh, gosh, who else was there? There's, there's a few. I mean, the whole team was Gasol like a bunch of, but yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of all stars with mm-hmm. that are the best players in the NBA all in one team, and it's like in navigating all those egos, and you got all these e- superheroes, with <laughs> right? And how the Russos <laughs> pull the Phil Jackson and make it all work is just amazing to me. It is. I think it's a an award in itself that those guys were able to. And in the writing team to to make a comprehensible movie that yeah. wasn't a, just a total train wreck. I, I mean, the, the potential for that to come off the rails. Well, we saw at what that every is. Every turn, we saw what that was. It was yeah. Justice League. Yeah, and that, <laughs> right. that and that was only five characters and that they couldn't get right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I man, I I get it. This movie. Um, it didn't it didn't break new ground for me technically. You know, I didn't right. think that there was anything that just blew me away. Um, technically wise, um, it's, it feels like a Marvel movie for sure. But the fact that it works as a story, as a character piece, um, that you actually kind of like grow to understand Thanos and, and they thought to give the villain his own movie essentially, um, with character development for that villain. Uh, I think it's great. I, I don't think there's really any other comic book movie like it. Um, that's, a, you know, accumulated to 10 years of, of movies and come together. And obviously there's nothing like that, but for something to work as well as it does. Um, yeah, they don't develop any they new technology like they did no. in the Matrix with bullet time or something. You know, like yeah. they they were really pushing the boundaries of that type of thing, which they weren't, and that wasn't what they set out to do. Yeah, exactly. You don't always need to do that, right? I, you know, I think I'm just I'm talking about it like that because this is more of a technical podcast. At least we try to be. Sometimes we get a little off the rails, but. Um, you know, I think, you know, part of filmmaking, even in a technical aspect is the storytelling. And I think the storytelling in infinity war is just awesome. Yeah. Granted it has the crutch of, you have to have seen, you know, at least seven other movies to kind of grasp what's happened. Yeah. But four, I'm going to say four. four. Okay. Okay. We did talk about this. So you can check out the MCU uh, episode. I think it's our first episode actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, infinity war, obviously that's on my list as well. So that's awesome. Yeah, so Infinity War, Black Panther, Stars Born, um, Spider Man, Spider Man. You see a theme running here on my list. Yeah, you have three comic book <laughs> movies. Um, Bandersnatch. Yep. And hmm. well, let, let me let me take a little detour here real quick before I finish off my list. Um, a couple documentaries that I saw that are great. One is called The Innocent Man, which is this Netflix documentary. Um, it's six episodes, and it's about the John Grisham book that he wrote in the early 2000s about these murders that happened in Ada, Oklahoma. So that's kind of what drew me into it because I'm from Oklahoma originally. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, I'm two hours away from Ada, so it's not like right. my backyard. But um, uh, this this documentary is insane. The f- like the stuff that the, the the police in that city did. And just the story altogether and the way that it was presented and the, um, the cinematic reenactments that they do for it. It's incredible. It's an, it's an amazing documentary. Um, I, I think you guys should check it out. If like, if you're into documentaries and you haven't seen it, um, it's, you know, it's great. It's one of the best ones that I've seen in a while, especially the cinematic retellings that they do. 
the uh, the reenactments are not like you know true true TV or whatever. They're lit. They are com- you know composed and 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 shot interestingly and. It's a very unique one. Um, it reminds me a lot of another documentary that came out a few years ago called um, The Imposter, which was great too. Um, so check that one out. So it's called uh, The Innocent Man. It's six episodes on Netflix. Um, the other one, though, is uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is the uh, oh yeah Fred right. Rogers documentary. Yes. Yep. I grew up watching that show. Like, you watched reruns of that show. Well, I guess that's true. Well, I watched still the original on. show. He was still on because <laughs> he didn't stop until... Well, I got to look it up, but he didn't stop for a long time. Um, yeah. So Mr. Rogers neighborhood ran from 1968 mm-hmm. to 2001. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible run right there. Yes. Um, 895 episodes is what IMDb is telling me. That's bananas. I, I grew up on this. You grew up on this. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I'm going to get a little emotional here probably, <laughs> but uh, Mr. Rogers neighborhood is, you know, we all want to be, we all want to be kind to each other. We all want to be nice to each other. We want to show empathy. We want to understand each other. And Mr. Rogers neighborhood, I feel like it was a show that put, put that into practice. It, um, it was a show that people could, could visually see the way that, you know, we're told to to act like Jesus on this earth, you know, the the way that people, um, you know, uh, uh, there's look, there, there's a lot of Christians that have, faults and a lot of Christians that aren't necessarily very Christian. And, um, you know, I've, I've always lived under the, the idea of, you know, live like how Jesus would, if you're going to at least do something, if you're not going to be religious, um, Jesus Christ was a pretty great guy. Exactly. (laughs) And, um, you know, forgiving, kind, loving, empathetic. Um, and Mr. Rogers, to me, he showed that Mm -hmm. he showed the best of what humanity could be. Um, Fifty years of television, forty years of television. Yeah, and, um, and interesting that <clears throat> kindness, yeah, um, and gentleness and being considerate are things that are not going to get canceled. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and, I mean, you've got how many seasons where he's communicating that, and it resonates with the human soul. Yeah, and every five years, you have another generation coming into it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think there's one of the huge lessons for me that I learned at a very young age watching Mr. Rogers was just treating people with different disabilities with kindness and love and compassion. Yeah. Because, you know, as a, as a five or a six-year-old, you, you, you're fearful of what you don't understand and in that fear you can say stupid stuff you can treat people disrespectfully and hurtfully and not even really intentionally be out to do that and it's not because you you know it's not because they did something it's because you're (laughs) uncomfortable uncomfortable because you don't understand right and it's an inner thing and to be able to understand, I remember when he brought he he brought some kids on that um, one in particular had cerebral palsy mm-hmm. and um, you know was in you know the crutches and the whole thing and um, there was another kid that was in wheelchair yep. and that type of thing which and, that's the that's the the famous one and where like I think yeah. fifteen or twenty years later he presents Mister Rogers with this lifetime achievement award right. on yeah. stage you know and yeah. it's just incredible yeah yeah. And that whole thing, it was like, you know, we're all people. Like, just because somebody's sitting in a wheelchair, like one of my favorite YouTubers right now is is this girl that is, she's 
got some spinal condition. She's in a wheelchair. Um, but yet she doesn't let that stop her. I mean, I'm super inspired by, by, I mean, she's funny, she's witty, you know, and it's, um, but I think as a, as a five or six year old, that really helped. That really helped yeah. me to, to go, oh, just cause they're in a wheelchair doesn't mean I can't, you know, play Hot Wheels with them or whatever, you know, whatever the thing yeah, was, yeah, right. it's like seek to understand. And I think it, it really helped frame that as at a very young age. Cause mm-hmm. by the time I got into high school, there's a friend of mine that I played football with and he was a really good linebacker and, um, but he had, he had a hearing problem, like literally, like he was partially deaf in both ears and yeah. he had to wear hearing aids. And most of the time he didn't wear them because he was embarrassed oh, and he okay. was, he was afraid what people were going to say or think or whatever. I mean, you're not talking mid eighties here. Um, it's the height, the height of bully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, you know, um, and he would get made fun of a lot in 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 the meetings. You know, we're watching film with the coach or whatever, and and you know because the way he would talk. Now he would talk kind of extra loud and mute. It was muted because he was partially deaf. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I think we everybody had a mutual respect because we're all on the same team. But there were some you know comments and stuff, and people were kind of making fun and that type of thing. And and um, I would shut it down. I'd be like, dude, chill out. Did you know that, you know, I'd pull him aside later and I said, did you know that he has a hearing problem? Did you know that he's embarrassed to wear his hearing aids because he's afraid of what people are going to say or think? And and now you're making fun of how he's talking? Yeah, you're justifying his fear. Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, you know. So anyway, I was very grateful for the the lessons that I learned at a young age from Mr. Rogers. So um, yeah, well, this documentary is great. It does a great job of of detailing that life and um, highlighting that life. And you know, um, a lot of stuff happened last year, and um, I think it's a it's a great movie for people to check out to just kind of see that you know we we aren't. We aren't doomed as a humanity. We are, this yeah. there is a possibility. There is a yeah. there's a way to be better, and I think it's a great example of um, you know visually seeing how how somebody could. Well, be. it it also does an amazing job illustrating the battle that he fought against the the FCC regarding right. keeping PBS. Yes, to get I mean, the funding. Was yeah. huge, it was huge. Yeah, because at the one point. The government was going to shut down PBS and then he went in there and um, he gave a great speech, which is it's in the documentary. And um, man, yeah, uh, public access television is it's a it's a need. It's a need, especially for, you know, um, inner city and um, less fortunate people that, you know, can't af- still can't afford cable and or Netflix nowadays. Who can, and stuff like, who can afford cable? No can <laughs> that's afford a whole cable. N- yeah, that's a whole that. nother rant right there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I, cable yeah. can't even afford cable anymore, it's which true. is why they're going through other direction. But, uh, check out, check out, uh, won't you be my neighbor? It's, it's a fantastic documentary. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, I think it's everywhere now. So check it out. Now is that, how does that round out your list? No, I have four more movies. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go through, um, all four of them. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a brief on, on, on two and then one, um, we actually had a full episode on already, so I'll just point you back to that one. Mm-hmm. But um, the two that I want to talk about really quickly, um, one I just saw a few days ago called Upgrade. And okay. um, this is the movie that Venom should have been. Ah, Okay, so it's uh, it's about a guy who is in an accident 
and then he gets a computer chip. It takes place in the future, but he gets a computer chip implanted into his spinal column that uh, basically talks to his brain and allows him to not be a, a quadriplegic anymore. And then the computer also kind of can do whatever it wants because it's this crazy supercomputer. And so there's like this duality issue with oh, him and yeah. then the, the computer uh, has a mind of its own. And I won't say more than that. Sounds like Doc Ock from Spider-Man. A little bit. Yes, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that. Um, but it's also very much the Venom movie that I wanted where you actually have two characters trying to deal with each other when they're mm-hmm. in the same body and that I don't think Venom did very well at all. A little uh, Bruce Banner Hulk action. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty common um story structure, you know, man versus man or man versus, uh, himself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but anyways, this movie, it's, it's really cool. It's, um, the special effects are great in it. And, um, it, the camera movements and stuff and are, are really unique and interesting. They do a lot of like this kind of weird warp stabilization on stuff where like it stabilizes to the guy and then the background kind of moves really around him whenever the, the, computer chips controlling him and it's it's really cool there's some really cool action scenes in it and some That's fight scenes and stuff um i really really liked it and um i won't i won't say more than that but just check it out like it's it's, it's like four dollars on itunes right now to rent i think it's probably even cheaper on google play or youtube or something so check it out upgrade it's awesome you will not rec- you will not regret watching this movie um, the other movie, um, I watched a while back. Um, it's this movie that kind of came out under the radar. Um, film guys like me knew about it, but, um, not everybody else did. Um, it's called, um, you were never really here. And it's this Joaquin Phoenix movie again, goes back to this kind of revenge thriller type of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, basically it's a movie where Joaquin Phoenix is like an ex military guy. And now he specializes in doing like contract hits or contract, um, you know, thing, contract jobs, um, dirty, dirty contract jobs. I'm not talking like he's going to come fix your piping or something. (laughs) I'm talking about, he's going to come beat up your, you know, crazy Mm -hmm. Mm ex-boyfriend. So, um, but he's this, he's this anti-hero where he's good. He's got, you know, a good heart and stuff, but he's doing terrible things. Um, but this movie is, it's slow burn, which I love. Um, it's a great character piece with walking Phoenix. You're pretty much just with him the whole time. Um, and it's about him discovering this kind of, uh, underground child, you know, underage sex thing going on. And then he just kind of goes nuts with it. And, uh, it's really good. Like it's really good. The cinematography in it is great. Um, I think it's, it's some of Joaquin's probably best acting who I, th- I think is an incredible actor. He is. Yeah. He is amazing. Yeah. So uh, I, I watched it on Amazon. It was on Amazon prime for oh, free. Wow. Cool. So uh, go check that out. It's called, um, you were never really here. It's a great movie. Um, really, really, really recommend it. So, um, now my last two movies on my list, um, they are in an order for sure. Because right, you uh, hit me with one. I'm going to hit you with my last one. Okay. And then great. you hit me with great. your, your final. So my, uh, my number two for the entire gear is this movie called annihilation. Oh, okay. All right. I saw this movie early this year. It was, I think February maybe. Um, so it was only released in the theaters in the U S everywhere else. It went to Netflix. Oh, so wow. it didn't get an actual theatrical release anywhere. Um, Natalie Portman and then um, three or four other actresses that are um, really well known, but I, I don't want to get into, but um, man, this movie, um, gosh, I have a common theme with almost all my movies on the list. They're unique and they're interesting. 
And um, this movie is incredibly interesting and unique. And it's, it's one of those like mind bending movies where you're just not sure what's going on the whole time. And mm. then you're just like uneasy when certain things do happen. <laughs> and uh, psychological thriller. Yes. And, but then there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of body horror too, which I like um, more like, you know, the thing or, um, you know, John Carpenter's the thing and stuff like that. And less like slasher movie body horror. Um, really really well done um it's written and directed by this guy named alex garland um alex garland kind of got his big break originally writing a novel um for the halo series mm. called halo the fall of reach he wrote that one it's considered one of the best halo mo- um not movies they never made it into a movie but books ever made and uh then he wrote a movie called sunshine for danny boyle which mm-hmm. i love i think it's a great movie um, the ending kind of gets weird but that's whatever um and then he did um, another movie a couple of years ago with, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, he's in he's in Annihilation also. I can't think of his name, but he's um, the one guy in Star Wars: The Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Not Kylo Ren. The other, why can't I think of his name? <laughs> I'm throwing my hand into the air to hopefully it'll Oscar Isaac. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Um, Oscar Isaac is in this and he's also in Ex Machina. So Ex Machina is the one that Alex oh. Garland did a couple of years ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Domo Gleason also from star Wars is in, is in Ex Machina also. So, and that movie is awesome. Um, but annihilation, nobody saw this movie. Nobody did, but it is right up my alley. Slow burn. That's Cause they changed the name to end game and it hasn't been released yet. <laughs> Just cause I still owe you that lunch. I couldn't help myself. I know. It's fine. Anyways, I still owe you that lunch for losing out on that bet, but yeah. I think this movie though, um I think you'd like it. I think you need to check it out. It's I will. It's a slow one um in a good way. Natalie Portman's awesome in it. It's weird. It's it's engaging. There's some great like monster designs and some creepy moments. It's really good. Like there's a couple, I, I don't want to get into spoilers with it because I guarantee you, if you're listening to this, you probably haven't seen this movie. Just like nobody saw it. It yeah. made no money, um, but it's so good. And there's a couple of, um, of really, really strong, just awesome moments um, that I don't want to spoil at all. But yeah, go, go watch this as soon as you can um, because I, I want more people to see okay, this movie. Okay, <laughs> this, this bothers me. This is the thing that really bothers me about the film industry is, is that you have amazing things like this that nobody sees. Well, this is Paramount that, that, too, who doesn't release that anything doesn't, wide that anymore. Doesn't, that doesn't get the marketing love that it needs to. And there is no good reason in this day and age for any film, any film, for that matter, to not get a decent amount of marketing. I mean, the marketing is practically free nowadays. Yeah, I mean, let's so look at social media. I mean, how how hard is it to get a team of people together for a few you know few months yeah. to to propagate throughout the different platforms? You can schedule everything like, too. Oh, dude, it's okay. So this is a great segue actually into the my my last one on my list. Okay. And the last one on my list, another great movie that didn't, that nobody saw. And I mean, literally, I don't think that, I mean, there were, there were one other couple in the theater when my wife and I went to see it opening weekend. Oh, is this widows? No, no. Uh, beautiful boy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beautiful boy. And again, I get it. It's, it's too, there's too much reality. There's well, Timothy well, he, Chalamet, Steve Carell. I mean, 
Yeah, and we and go listen to the the episode that we did where we talked about it, which yeah. was earlier. But the, I'm with you though because the marketing for this was almost non-existent. The only thing none. I ever saw was a small banner on IMDb, but it told me nothing about the movie. Yeah, but IMDb is not marketing. No, I'm sorry, no, mo- it's not. Mo- mo- Average movie geeks are going to IMDb. Yeah. The the general public is not right. Um, in industry insiders are going to IMDb people that are, uh, they, yeah. So uh, Timothy Chalamet is amazing in this film. The subject matter is too real. I mean, they're dealing, you know, it's the, the story of Dave and Nick chef and Nick is Dave's son and struggles with addiction. And, you know, it, it kind of, it's the story of they both individually wrote separate books from their own point of view in this story. And this movie is kind of a culmination of that. And, um, you know, I mean, it hit close to home for, for us, not that, you know, my son's struggling with addiction right now, but he struggled with some substance and is, you know, making those choices, but, um, and, you know, and he's doing well now. So, you know, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, you know, he's coming out on top of that. Um, but the movie is just well done. It's a, it's a great film. It's a dose of reality, which I get is not a lot of people want to go to the movies to see what. That's a problem though, is that I don't think anybody knew it was a dose of reality. Because they didn't I know didn't, anything about it right. because didn't you didn't hear about, about it. it. I didn't know anything about it until yeah. you started talking about and it. And it was, and my wife was the one that told me about it because she did, she was researching things and, you know. And that came up. And it came up and yeah. it was like, oh, I love Steve Carell. Oh, Timothy yeah. Chalamet is like this amazing new up and comer and he's, he's crushing it, by the way, in the acting space. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me because like, I don't get it, man. I, yeah. I'm, I'm in that space. I'm in the, I'm, I'm constantly hearing about new movies coming out. I didn't know anything about this. Yeah. I knew nothing. And that bother, that something is broken here. Well, and how do you think the filmmakers feel Yeah, when they put this work into it? And then even Steve Carell and then, you know, Timothy like acting and putting hard work in and blood, sweat and tears from the crew and everybody. And then all of a sudden the studio doesn't give a shit about your movie. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's so frustrating that's th- yeah. that the only movies that studios care about now are the ones that are making two hundred million dollars. Yeah, and it, like I said, the system is broken. Yeah, it's broken, uh, and I think that's why Netflix is doing so well. Mm-hmm. Netflix is picking up things that studios don't want anymore. Well, and it goes back to your studios point. are afraid. Yeah, and it and and it it puts an exclamation point on your point earlier that there's there's too much to watch. Yeah, there's and there's so much great content that's being produced film wise, episodic series. Yeah, you know from. I mean, you you still have the main studios that are producing stuff because that's a business, and they're they're all about keeping their and they're business doing it well. going. Yeah, but you also have these newcomers like Netflix. Like, I mean, so you have the studios, the traditional studios. Then you have all the cable based studios, right, which right. was FX HBO, and USA FX, and HBO, yeah, you know, and, yeah. Cinemax, and all right. of that. And then, Stars. and then now you have you have Amazon, you have Google playing in this yeah. in that space. With Apple YouTube, is getting ready to come have, into it. You have Apple, you yeah. have Hulu, um, Netflix. Yeah. It's like, <clears throat> yeah, 
Now, so, not only do we have a thousand cable channels, we have 50 streaming platforms. Yeah. And, you know, four of them I never even heard of before. And, but I saw a couple previews for a show and I was like, well, that looks good. I don't have that. Right. I'll never see it. Right. And it's amazing that these things are just being released to die now. Yeah. That's sad to me. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it used to be a joke straight to DVD, right? Yeah. Straight to straight the to Walmart, now, like $3 yeah. bin. But, but um, the sad part to me about that is that oh, there's a lot of great stuff that doesn't get seen that that is is just amazing it could be beneficial it could change people's lives i mean that's why we tell stories we tell stories to change people's lives for the better um part of it is entertain it entertainment where maybe you want to escape from reality for a little bit another part of it is is that maybe telling this more realistic story helps come alongside you in this moment where you're wrestling through these things to help you get through it and and yet the exciting part about this whole thing is is that there is so much so as a filmmaker there are so many more opportunities now mm-hmm. more than ever like that's the thing if you have considered i mean don't because you don't have the re or the red that you 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 can't go make a film there's sundance films that were shot completely on iphone yeah don't let the gear stop you. I mean, there's so many amazing, I mean, just do it, just make it happen. Yeah. So that's the exciting part about it. The not so exciting part about it is the studios don't care straight to the Walmart bin. Right. You know, so yeah. Anyway, that was, that was, that was what rounded up my top list. Oh Um, man, I, I'm with you. No one's going to see. I know. And it's, it's one that I, unfortunately I didn't see, but I'm, I'm going to check out. It's definitely one that I will check out as soon as it's on HBO or Netflix or anything. I will, I will be watching it. Oh, it's out. It's, it's on, uh, it's on Amazon. Okay. I'll I'll check it out then. Amazon prime actually. So you can watch it at no cost. Awesome. That's, that's great. I mean, there's, there's so many movies like that that go under the radar now. Um, you know, and if you're hearing about some, some movies you didn't even know existed, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad we were able to do that. Um, but you know, um, my, my top movie of 2018, um, I had a very emotional episode on. Yep. Um, I, I could not, I was wondering where that went. I could not shake how I felt afterwards. And, um, I still feel that way. I still, I'll just be cruising down the road sometime and I'll look up to the sky and I'll think of this movie. And uh, that movie is first man. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I love space. I love NASA. I love astronaut stuff. I I love exploration. I love star Trek. I love star Wars. I love, you know, anything that sends us out there to, you know, the final frontier and, um, (laughs) to boldly go where, yeah, you know, and and I think, (laughs) I think there's just something about that, side of the universe inside of the galaxy that just is really exciting to me because it's unknown. I don't, I don't know what's out there. None of us really do. It was so cool coming back home from uh, Oklahoma and driving through Flagstaff, Arizona, and there's no city lights. You can just see the stars. You see, you know, everything. Amazing. It's incredible. And, um, the, the journey that these astronauts went on and, and all these guys, you know, the ones that lost their lives and, 
all of the work that went into it. And um, First Man was a real, it was a cinematic romance, I think, to just space exploration for me, um, e- even more than, than just a, a Neil Armstrong movie. It, uh, it connected with me on just a, an emotional level of this is what, this is what we can do. This is what humanity can do. We are capable of, of creating these incredible pieces of equipment in these, in these, in these incredible moments that were all man-made. And I think it's just, it's an amazing example of what we can do, um, as a, as a, as a race. Um, and also just, just an incredible love letter, I think, to space in general, the way this movie is shot. It's, 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 you're on, you're on a ride with this movie. And, and I don't mean that in like a, you know, it's, it's a 3d, you know, roller coaster movie. It's, you're emotionally attached to each event that happens. And I think that that is great storytelling because you're, you're with Neil, you're with his wife, you're, you're going through with the other astronauts and then those astronauts die. But you, you had that 30 minutes of character development with them earlier. So you feel that moment, you feel that heartache. And then when, when they do finally get up into space, when they do finally land on the moon, you are cheering inside because it's just, it's beautiful. The way that it's shot is beautiful and it's emotional. And um, if you want to hear me talk more about first man, check out the first man episode. Uh, it, it is, it is my favorite movie of 2018 and um, it is not a movie I will probably ever forget. So um, that, that's my list. Um, my, my top nine of 2018, but first man is definitely number one. Nice. Well, that's a great collection of movies for 2018. I mean, the, the cinematic ride that we've gone on this last year has been, um, has been very exciting. Yeah. And lots of different directions too. Lots of different directions, uh, lots of different new ways of doing things, a lot of new originality, um, which man, how hard is it to be original nowadays with, especially in the you know storytelling film well, I mean, making yeah, it's, space it's, it's hard especially yeah. I mean, look at aquaman you know it was it was 10 different movies in one and i, I know i'm ragging on it but it's hard back it's to hard. aquaman <laughs> i know but i gotta use it as an example i mean it's it, it is hard i you know i i can't fault them too much um it is it is nearly impossible to make an entirely original movie now um yeah but don't rip off all of that list all all at once (laughs) anyway but yeah i'm excited about 2019 i'm excited to see what um what you just want to watch all the marvel movies well yes um you know well no i'm excited about glass glass is not marvel Um, but uh it's quite a bit of stuff in 2019 coming out yeah i'm excited i am excited about captain marvel i'm excited about endgame um but uh you know i'm excited to see what new gear it mm-hmm. comes out. I, I'm itching for Cinegear to, to open up I their know. registration. I'm yep, like, it too. says January, but I I'm like, it, it's January four, five now. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> come on, guys, come, come on, on. Yeah. Get, get there faster. I know. Um, so you know, I'm planning NAB and um, you know, just uh, getting getting some events on the calendar to get more plugged in. I, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to get to some film festivals, how we can get to some yeah. film festivals. So we'll figure that out. Maybe do some podcasting from the film festival. Yes. Get, we'll get, see what happens. Get some, you know, get yeah. some uh, people we'll that happens. were 
some directors, some producers, some mm-hmm. actors in the. We got some stuff. Editors. In the, we got yeah. some stuff in the works. We'll see. Yeah, I think we just you know we're I'm eager to bring more value. I'm eager to to more, uh, more voices. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Get get different perspectives in and and it, hopefully it inspires people. Hopefully it inspires. Mm-hmm. The people that are, you know, movie aficionados to to pick up their get, phone and, and make something. Yep. If you if that's all you have. Exactly. And you know, and if it inspires young filmmakers or even old filmmakers to get out of a rut or something of that nature, that you know, I'm excited to be a part of that in any way, shape, or form. So we're gonna call it the encouraging and Yeah. Get out there and make stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, one one last question. For the end of this episode, uh, what is the worst movie of 2018? Oof, worst movie of 2018. You, you want me to give you some options? Well, Aquaman. No, no. You want me to give you? you, me to give you I'll, I'll give you three options. This is the Aquaman yeah. podcast. I'll give you three options. Three options. Worst movie of 20. I, well, I didn't see it. That's the thing. No, you did. Did I? Yeah, we both did. Ah, uh, Venom. You're gonna have to go with Venom. Venom I'm is not the gonna worst say movie it's the worst. I'm not gonna say it's the worst. What? You, what? What didn't you see that what you thought was the worst movie? Oh, Holmes and Watson. Haven't seen that. I heard it's terrible. Like a three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, That's haven't bad. seen it. That's worse than Venom. It is, but nothing's <laughs> worse than Venom. <laughs> Just. See that you see you you notice earlier where I wrestled through my internal process to get past Infinity War. Yeah, I don't need to wrestle with to, it. Venom's the worst movie of 2018. But see, that's the problem. You're not wrestling. I don't need you, to. Yeah, you're so stuck <laughs> no, on your bitter. No. no, I saw Aquaman and I still think Venom is the worst movie of 2018. I well, saw The Meg and I still think Venom is worse see, than 2018. Yeah, I didn't see The Meg. There's some movies that I just, I'm like, mm, nah, I'm not doing it. Look, the, the reason why Venom is the worst movie of 2018 is because it, it, it wanted to be something that it was not and it didn't do it well at all. So, well, I, I'm going to say this, that Tom Hardy single-handedly rescued that movie because I, I did like Tom Hardy. Yeah. In, and I, and I thought so too, until I watched upgrade and I was like, this is what venom could have been. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, go watch upgrade. Go right, check hold, it out. Hold on a second. We're going to, we're going to settle this argument right now. Worst movie in 2018. And we're going to ask Google what Google thinks. All right, so worst movies of 2018. Fantastic Beasts is on that list. No, Venom's still worse than that. Wow, okay. Um, because at least Fantastic Beasts Fantastic Beast 2 was in a world I cared about. Okay, well, um, Holmes and Watson tops the list. I mean, it looks really bad. The trailer didn't even make me chuckle, so I don't I don't doubt it. Um Winchester, The Outsider, Escape Run, see all stuff Overboard. Overboard? Uh, they did they redo Overboard? I think they redid it. Oh, yeah. that's depressing. It was a redo. Um Wow. Oh, hey, there's another movie that Aquaman ripped off. Proud Mary. Robin Hood. See, there's no way that's worse than Venom. <laughs> Christopher Robin. I heard that wasn't bad. I'm just saying this is the top mm. ten list of. Well, of, is it is it ones that didn't make a, money? I, IGN on the worst. Venom's not even on there, so I don't care. Venom is. On oh, it there. is on there. All yes, right. it is. Right. Venom is on there. All right. Well, the last Sharknado has got that to wasn't be... theatrically released. Oh, okay, that doesn't count. Okay. Anyways, Venom's the worst movie of 2018. Thanks for listening, guys. If you uh, <laughs> if you want to check us out, we are on Instagram and Twitter at the Easy Podcast. Uh, we're on YouTube at the Easy Podcast Show. 
uh, let us know what your favorite movies were. And um, if you maybe have some suggestions, tweet at us, comment on our Instagram post, or email us at the easy podcast show at gmail.com. And you can follow Zach on yeah. Instagram at Zach Abbott. That's Z-A-K-A-B-I-T-Z. And Eric Thurston, you're on there as Eric Thurston. Yeah, E-R-A-K-T-H-U-R-E-S-O-N. <laughs> Spelt correctly, he says. That's right. Yeah. Guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we will catch you next time.